0: book four chapter four part one of the adventures of gil bias of santillane by Alain rene lesage translated by tobias smollett this librivox recording is in the public domain book four chapter four part one of the fatal marriage a novel roger king of sicily had a brother and a sister his brother, by name Manfois, rebelled against him and kindled a war in the kingdom, bloody in its immediate effects and portentous in its future consequences. But it was his fate to lose two battles and to fall into the king's hands. The punishment of his revolt extended no further than the loss of liberty. This act of clemency served only to make Roger pass for a barbarian, in the estimation of the disaffected party among his subjects, they contended that he had saved his brother's life only to wreak his vengeance on him by tortures the more merciless because protracted. People in general, on better grounds, transferred the blame of maine harsh treatment while imprisoned to his sister Matilda. That princess had in fact cherished a long-rooted hatred against this prince and was indefatigable in her persecutions during his whole life she died in a very short time after him and her premature fate was considered as the retribution of a just providence for her disregard of those sentiments implanted by nature for the best purposes mainfroid left behind him two sons they were yet in their childhood roger had a kind of lurking desire to get rid of them under the apprehension lest when arrived at a more advanced age the wish of avenging their father might hurry them to the revival of a faction which was not so entirely overthrown as to be incapable of originating new intrigues in the state he communicated his purpose to the senator Leontio Sifredi, his minister, who diverted him from his bloody thoughts by undertaking the education of Prince Enriquez, the eldest, and recommending the care of the younger, by name Don Pedro, to the constable of Sicily, as a trusty counsellor and loyal servant roger assured that his nephews would be trained up by these two men in principles of due submission to the royal authority gave up the reins of guardianship to their control and himself took charge of his niece constance she was of the same age with enriquez and only daughter of the princess matilda he allowed her an establishment of female attendants and of masters in every branch of the politer studies so that nothing was wanting either to her instruction or her state leontio sifredi had a castle at the distance of less than two leagues from palermo in a spot named belmont there it was that this minister exerted all his talents and diligence to render enriquez worthy of one day ascending the throne of sicily from the first he discovered dispositions so amiable in that prince that his attachment became as strong as if he had no child of his own he had however two daughters blanche the first-born one year younger than the prince was armed at all points with the weapons of a most perfect beauty her sister portia was still in her cradle the mother had died in childbed of this youngest blanche and prince enriquez conceived a reciprocal affection as soon as they were alive to the influence of love but they were not allowed to improve their acquaintance into familiar intercourse the prince nevertheless found the means of occasionally eluding the prudential vigilance of his guardian he knew sufficiently well how to avail himself of those precious moments and prevailed so far with Sifredi's daughter as to gain her consent to the execution of a project which he meditated it happened precisely at this time that leontio was obliged by the king's order to take a journey into one of the most remote provinces in the island during his absence enriquez got an opening made in the wall of his apartment which led into blanche's chamber this opening was concealed by a sliding shutter, so exactly corresponding with the wainscot, and so closely fitting in with the ceiling and the floor, that the most suspicious eye could not have detected the contrivance. A skilful workman whom the prince had gained over to his interests helped him to this private communication with equal speed and secrecy the enamoured enriquez having obtained this inlet into his mistress's chamber sometimes availed himself of his privilege but he never took advantage of her partiality imprudent as it may well be thought to admit of a secret entrance into her apartment it was only on the express and reiterated assurance that none but the most innocent favours should be requested at her hands one night he found her in a state of unusual perturbation she had been informed that roger was drawing near his end and had sent for Sifredi as lord high chancellor of the kingdom and the legal depository of his last will and testament already did she figure to herself her dear enriquez elevated to royal honours she was afraid of losing her lover in her sovereign and that fear had strangely affected her spirits the tears were standing in her eyes when the unconscious cause of them appeared before her you weep madam said he what am i to think of this overwhelming grief my lord answered blanche it were vain for me to hide my apprehensions the king your uncle is at the point of death and you will soon be called to supply his place when i measure the distance placed between us by your approaching greatness i will own to you that my mind misgives me the monarch and the lover estimate objects through a far different medium what constituted the fondest wish of the individual while his aspiring thoughts were checked by the control of a superior fades into insignificance before the tumultuous cares or brilliant destinies of royalty. Be it the misgiving of an anxious heart, or the whisper of a well-founded opinion, I feel distracting emotions succeed one another in my breast, which not all my just confidence in your goodness can allay. The source of my mistrust is not in the suspected steadiness of your attachment, but in a diffidence of my own happy fate lovely and beloved blanche replied the prince your fears but bind me the more firmly in your fetters and warrant my devotion to your charms yet this excessive indulgence of a fond jealousy borders on disloyalty to love and if i may venture to say so trenches on the esteem to which my constancy has hitherto entitled me no no never entertain a doubt that my destiny can ever be sundered from yours but rather indulge the pleasing anticipation that you and you alone will be the arbitress of my fate and the source of all my bliss away then with these vain alarms why must they disturb an intercourse so charming ah my lord rejoined the daughter of leontio your subjects when they place the crown upon your head may ask of you a princess, queen descended from a long line of kings whose glittering alliance shall join new realms to your hereditary estates perhaps alas you will meet their ambitious aims even at the expense of your softest vows nay why resumed Enriquez with rising passion why too ready a self tormentor do you raise so afflicting a phantom of futurity should heaven take the king my uncle to itself and place sicily under my dominion i swear to unite myself with you at palermo in presence of my whole court to this I call to witness all which is held sacred and inviolable among men. The protestations of Enriquez removed the fears of Sifredi's daughter. The rest of their discourse turned on the king's illness. Enriquez displayed the goodness of his natural disposition, for he pitied his uncle's lot, though he had no reason to be greatly affected by it but the force of blood extorted from him sentiments of regret for a prince whose death held out an immediate prospect of the crown blanche did not yet know all the misfortunes which hung over her the constable of sicily who had met her coming out of her father's apartment one day when he was at the castle of belmont on some business of importance was struck with admiration the very next day he made proposals to Soffretti, who entertained his offer favourably, but the illness of Roger taking place unexpectedly about that time, the marriage was put off for the present, and the subject had not been hinted at, in the most distant manner, to Blanche. One morning, as Enriquez had just finished dressing, he was surprised to see Leontio enter his apartment, followed by Blanche sir said this minister the news i have to announce will in some degree afflict your excellent heart but it is counteracted by consoling circumstances which ought to moderate your grief the king your uncle has departed this life and by his death left you the heir of his sceptre sicily is at your feet the nobility of the kingdom wait your orders at palermo they have commissioned me to receive them in person and i come my liege with my daughter to pay you the earliest and sincerest homage of your new subjects the prince who was well aware that roger had been for two months sinking under a complaint gradual in its progress but fatal in its nature was not astonished at this news and yet struck with his sudden exaltation he felt a thousand confused motions rising up by turns in his heart he mused for some time then breaking silence addressed these words to leontio why soffretti i have always considered you as my father i shall make it my glory to be governed by your counsels and you shall reign in sicily with a sway paramount to my own with these words advancing to the standish and taking a blank sheet of paper he wrote his name at the bottom what are you doing sir said seffredi proving my gratitude and my esteem answered enriqueus then the prince presented the paper to blanche and said accept madam." this pledge of my faith and of the empire with which i invest you over my thoughts and actions blanche received it with a blush and made this answer to the prince i acknowledge with all humility the condescensions of my sovereign but my destiny is in the hands of a father and you must not consider me as ungrateful if i deposit this flattering token in his custody to be used according to the dictates of his sage discretion in compliance with these sentiments of filial duty she gave the sign-manual of enriquez to her father then soffretti saw at once what till that moment had eluded his penetration he entered clearly into the prince's sentiments and said your majesty shall have no reproaches to make me i shall not act unworthily of the confidence my dear leontio interrupted enriquez you and unworthiness never can be allied make what use you please of my signature i shall confirm your determination but go return to palermo prescribe the ceremonies for my coronation there and tell my subjects that i shall follow you in person immediately to receive their oaths of allegiance and assure them of my protection in return the minister obeyed the commands of his new master and set out for palermo with his daughter some hours after their departure the prince also left belmont with his thoughts more intent on his passion than on the high rank to which he was called immediately on his arrival in the city the air was rent with a thousand cries of joy he made his entry into the palace amid the acclamations of the people and everything was ready for the august formalities the princess constance was waiting to receive him in a magnificent morning dress she appeared deeply affected by roger's death the customs of society required from them a reciprocal compliment of condolence on the late event and they each of them acquitted themselves with good breeding and propriety but there was somewhat more coldness on the part of enriquez than on that of constance who could not enter into family quarrels and resolved on hating the young prince he placed himself on the throne and the princess sat beside him in a chair of state a little less elevated the great officers of the realm fell into their places each according to his rank the ceremony began and leontio as lord high chancellor of the kingdom holding in his possession the will of the late king opened it and read the contents aloud this instrument contained in substance that roger in default of issue nominated the eldest son of mainfoy his successor on condition of his marrying the princess constance and in the event of his refusing her hand the crown of sicily was to devolve to his exclusion on the head of the infant don pedro his brother on the like condition these words were a thunderstroke to enriquez his senses were all bewildered even to distraction and his agonies became still more acute when leontio having finished the reading of the will addressed the assembly at large to the following effect my lords the last injunctions of the late king having been made known to our new monarch that pious and excellent prince consents to honour his cousin the princess constance with his hand at these words enriquez interrupted the chancellor leontio said he remember the writing blanche sire interrupted siffredi in his turn with precipitation lest the prince should find an opportunity of making himself understood here it is the nobility of the kingdom added he exhibiting the blank paper to the assembly will see by your majesty's august subscription the esteem in which you hold the princess and your implicit deference to the last will of the late king your uncle having finished these words he forthwith began reading the instrument in such terms as he had himself inserted according to the contents the new king gave a promise to his people with formalities the most binding and authentic that he would marry constance in conformity with the intention of roger the hall re-echoed with pealing shouts of satisfaction long live our high and mighty king enriquez exclaimed all those who were present as the marked aversion of the prince for the princess had never been any secret it was apprehended not without reason that he might revolt against the condition of the will and light up the flame of civil discord in the kingdom but the public enunciation of this solemn act quieting the fears of the nobility and the people on that head excited these universal applauses which went to the monarch's heart like the stab of an assassin constance who had a nearer interest than any human being in the result from the double motive of glory and personal affection laid hold of this opportunity for expressing her gratitude the prince had much ado to keep his feelings within bounds he received the compliment of the princess with so constrained an air and evinced so unusual a disorder in his behaviour as scarcely to reply in a manner suited to the common forms of good breeding at last no longer master of his violent passions he went up to soffredi whom the formalities of his office detained near the royal person and said to him in a low tone of voice what is the meaning of all this leontio the signature which i deposited in your daughter's hands was not meant for such a use as this you are guilty of my liege interrupted siffredi again with a tone of firmness look to your own glory if you refuse to comply with the injunctions of the king your uncle you lose the crown of sicily no sooner had he thrown in this salutary hint than he got away from the king to prevent all possibility of a reply Enriquez was left in a most embarrassing situation a thousand opposite emotions agitated him at once he was exasperated against to give up blanche was more than he could endure so that balancing between his private feelings and the calls of public honour he was doubtful to which side he should incline at length his doubts were resolved under the idea of having found the means to secure Siffredi's daughter without giving up his claim to the throne he affected therefore an entire submission to the will of roger in the hope while a dispensation from his marriage with his cousin was soliciting at rome of gaining the leading nobility by his largesses and thus establishing his power so firmly as not to be under the necessity of fulfilling the conditions of the obnoxious instrument after forming this design he got to be more composed and turning towards constance confirmed to her what the lord high chancellor had read in presence of the whole assembly but at the very moment when he had so far betrayed himself as to pledge his faith blanche arrived in the hall of council she came thither by her father's command to pay her duty to the princess and her ears on entering were startled at the expressions of enriquez in addition to this shock leontio determined not to leave her in doubt of her misfortune accompanied her presentation to constance with these words daughter make your homage acceptable to your queen call down upon her the blessings of a prosperous reign and a happy marriage this terrible blow overwhelmed the unfortunate blanche vain were all her attempts to suppress her anguish her countenance changed successively from the deepest blush to a deadly paleness and she trembled from head to foot and yet the princess had no suspicion how the matter really stood but attributed the confused style of her compliment to the awkwardness of a young person brought up in a state of rustication and totally unacquainted with the manners of a court but the young king was more in the secret the sight of blanche put him out of countenance and the despair too legible in her eyes was enough to drive him out of his senses her feelings were not to be misunderstood and they pointed at him as the most faithless of men could he have spoken to her it might have tranquillized his agitation but how to lay hold of the happy moment when all sicily at least the illustrious part of it was fixed in anxious expectation on his proceedings besides the stern and inflexible soffretti extinguished at once every ray of hope the minister who was at no loss to decipher the hearts of the two lovers and was firmly resolved if possible to prevent the evil consequences impending over the state from the violence of this imprudent attachment, got his daughter out of the assembly with the dexterity of a practised courtier and regained the road to belmont with her in his possession determined for more reasons than one to marry her as soon as possible when they reached home he gave her to understand all the horror of her destiny by announcing his promise to the constable just heaven, exclaimed she, transported into a paroxysm of despair, which her father's presence could not restrain, what unparalleled sufferings have you the cruelty to lay up in store for the ill-fated Blanche? Her agony went to such a degree of violence as to suspend every power of her soul. Her limbs seemed as if stiffened under the icy grasp of death cold and pale she fell senseless into her father's arms neither was he insensible to her melancholy condition yet feeling as he did all the alarm and anxiety of a parent the stern inflexibility of the statesman remained unshaken blanche after a time was recalled to life and feeling rather by the keenness of her mental pangs than by the means which soffretti used for her recovery languishingly did she raise her scarcely conscious eyes when glancing on the author of her misery as he was anxiously employed about her person my lord said she with inarticulate and convulsive accents i am ashamed to let you see my weakness but death which cannot be long in finishing my torments will soon rid you of a wretched daughter who has ventured to dispose of her heart without consulting you no my dear blanche answered leontio your death would be too dear a sacrifice virtue will resume her empire over your actions the constable's proposals do you honour it is one of the most considerable alliances in this state i esteem his person and am sensible of his merit interrupted blanche but my lord the king had given me encouragement to indulge daughter vociferated siffredi breaking in upon her discourse i anticipate all you have to say on that subject your partiality for the prince is no secret to me nor would it meet my disapprobation under other circumstances you should even see me active and ardent to secure for you the hand of enriquez if the cause of glory and the welfare of the realm demanded it not indispensably for constance it is on the sole condition of marrying that princess that the late king has nominated him his successor would you have him prefer you to the crown of sicily believe me my heart bleeds at the mortal blow which impends over you yet since we cannot contend with the fates make a magnanimous effort your fame is concerned not to let the whole nation see that you have nursed up a delusive hope your sensibility towards the person of the king might even give birth to ignominious rumours the only method of preserving yourself from their poison is to marry the constable in short blanche there is no time left for irresolution the king has decided between a throne and the possession of your charms he has fixed his choice on constance the constable holds my words in pledge enable me to redeem it i beseech you or if nothing but a paramount necessity can fix your wavering resolution i must make an unwilling use of my parental authority know then i command you ending with this threat he left her to make her own reflections on what had passed he was in hopes that after having weighed the reasons he had urged to support her virtue against the bias of her feelings she would determine of herself to admit the constable's addresses he was not mistaken in his conjecture but at what an expense did the wretched blanche rise to this height of virtuous resolution her condition was that in the whole world the most deserving of pity the affliction of finding her fears realized respecting the infidelity of Enriquez, and of being compelled, besides losing the man of her choice, to sacrifice herself to another whom she could never love, occasioned her such storms of passion, and alternate tossings of frantic desperation, as to bring with each successive moment a variety of vindictive torture. If my sad fate is fixed, exclaimed she, how can I triumph over it but by death? merciless powers who preside over our wayward fortunes why feed and tantalise me with the most flattering hopes only to plunge me headlong into a gulf of miseries and thou too perfidious lover to rush into the arms of another when all those vows of eternal fidelity were mine so soon then is that plighted faith void and forgotten to punish thee for so cruel a deception may it please heaven in its retribution to make the conscious couch of conjugal endearment polluted as it must be by perjury less the scene of pleasure than the dungeon of remorse may the fond caresses of constance distill poison through thy faithless heart let us rival one another in the horrors of our nuptials yes traitor i mean to wed the constable though shrinking from his ardent touch to avenge me on myself to be my own scourge and tormentor for having selected so fatally the object of my frantic passion since deep-rooted obedience to the will of god forbids to entertain the thought of a premature death whatever days may be allotted me to drag on shall be but a lengthened chain of heaviness and torment if a sentiment of love still lurks about your heart it will be revenge enough for me to cast myself into your presence the devoted bride or victim of another but if you have thrown off my remembrance with your own vows sicily at least shall glory in the distinction of reckoning among its natives a woman who knew how to punish herself for having disposed of her heart too lightly in such a state of mind did this wretched martyr to love and duty pass the night preceding her marriage with the constable siffredi finding her the next morning ready to comply with his wishes hastened to avail himself of this favourable disposition he sent for the constable to belmont on that very day and the marriage ceremony was performed privately in the chapel of the castle what a crisis for blanche it was not enough to renounce a crown to lose a lover endeared to her by every tie and to yield herself up to the object of her hatred in addition to all this she must put a constraint on her sentiments before a husband naturally jealous and long occupied with the most ardent admiration of her charms the bridegroom delighted in the possession of her was all day long in her presence he did not leave her to the miserable consolation of pouring out her sorrows in secret when night arrived leontio's daughter felt all her disgust and terror redoubled but what seemed likely to become of her when her women after having undressed her left her alone with the constable he inquired respectfully into the cause of her apparent faintness and discomposure the question was sufficiently embarrassing to blanche who affected to be ill her husband was at first deceived by her pretenses but he did not long remain in such an error being as he was sincerely concerned at the condition in which he saw her but still pressing her to go to bed his urgent solicitations falsely construed by her offered to her wounded mind an image so cruel and indelicate that she could no longer dissemble what was passing within but gave a free course to her sighs and tears what a discovery for a man who thought himself at the summit of his wishes he no longer doubted but the distressed state of his wife was fraught with some sinister omen to his love and yet though this knowledge reduced him to a situation almost as deplorable as that of blanche he had sufficient command over himself to keep his suspicions within his own breast he redoubled his assiduities and went on pressing his bride to lay herself down assuring her that the repose of which she stood in need should be undisturbed by his interruption he offered of his own accord even to call her women if she was of opinion that their attendance could afford any relief to her indisposition blanche reviving at that proposal told him that sleep was the best remedy for the debility under which she laboured he affected to think so too they accordingly partook of the same bed but with a conduct altogether different from what the laws of love sanctioned by the rights of marriage might authorize in a pair mutually delighted and delighting end of book four chapter four part one